Este Florenzi, eccolo il cross tagliato di testa che da il magnifico, il magnifico, il magnifico rettore! Capital of the world. What a strike! What a goal! What a comeback! What a game! There are no words to describe it! It's the TC Martin Show. Léger hors jeu, mais cette fois-ci, il n'y en a pas pour Marco Reus. Très fort devant le Prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Largo pifio. Messi la tiene. Messi, Messi, Messi. Ahí está Iniesta. Gol! 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 Cerebro! Cerebro! Cerebro Iniesta! The doctor is now in. Yes, it is a Wednesday, middle of the work week, hump day. How you doing? Feeling good, feeling fine. Today, we talk more football. Getting ready as we protrude, slowly move towards Saturday. Big word. Sunday. Protrude. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Not to be confused with chartreuse, which is a color. Do you know that? No, I did not. Do you know what color that is? No. Okay. Go look that up during the break. I will. <laughs> you can tell me, is a chartreuse more like a blue? Or is it like a lavender? A little mauve? Take your pick. All right, we got playoff uh, football to talk about today as we get ready. For Saturday and Sunday, we got the divisional round. I'm calling it right now. I'm saying favorites. It's favorites. And I don't like to usually say that, you know, again, favorites, overs, no, 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 forget all that stuff. I'm saying favorites because Buffalo and San Francisco have been waiting and waiting, and they want to get their groove on, and they're at home. And I have a lot more confidence probably in San Francisco than I do Baltimore, but both. I really do. We've got those two games, the number one seeds. They've been waiting patiently. And the Houston Texans will travel to Baltimore. That'll be the first game on Saturday, one thirty kickoff. So we've got two on Saturday, two on Sunday. That'll be the ESPN game. Baltimore uh, currently right now sitting at a minus nine favorite total, forty four and a half in that game. Green Bay, San Francisco. How many great matchups have we had with these two teams? I can go on and on and on about. That storied rivalry. And that's a rivalry. Even though they're not division opponents, that is a rivalry. And uh, when these two teams are good, man, something special. But you go way back in the day, you know, even before Brett Favre and uh, the Packers and Niners, but especially when Favre was there, the matchups that they had back and forth. And then Rodgers at quarterback and, you know, San Francisco. But the Packers, at least during the, the Rodgers era, have not had a whole bunch of success in San Francisco. Niners, a nine and a half point favorite, total fifteen and a half. I know there's a lot of people out there thinking, "Wow, I'm gonna take the, I'm gonna get a lot of love here," pun intended, as in Jordan Love, because Jordan Love is playing some very good football. Granted, 
He played very good against the Dallas Cowboys last week. Okay, understand that. But we talked about that in on the show yesterday on why. Where was the Dallas defense? Where was Dan Quinn? What were they doing? Deciding just to sit back in some soft zone coverage. You're not going to see that with San Francisco. So that's why I like the favorites, especially San Francisco in this game, because they could win this game in a blowout fashion. Now, speaking of blowouts, all the games that we saw last week, we had six games in the wild card round. Five of the six were blowout. Blowout fashion. And Tampa Bay, as an underdog, blew out the Philadelphia Eagles. But there are a lot of reasons for that. You know, you go back and you look, okay, Eagles struggled to, towards the end of the season. A lot of people thought, okay, maybe they'll flip, flip the switch and be ready to go. But wasn't the case. So blowout weekend last weekend. This has the makings of being the same type of thing, or at least a favorites covered weekend. So I could see that, especially on Saturday, as you got the number one seeds just sitting there waiting. And especially, which we've talked about the last couple of days, the NFL with the reseeding is now, you know, Green Bay not being rewarded. They get to go to San Francisco when Green Bay should be playing the Detroit Lions. But they moved the brackets because, oh, we're going to reseed. Number seven seed, they're in there. Well, hey, they don't get a chance to to play where they're supposed to, where the brackets were originally. No, we're going to go ahead and, and move them up to the face of the higher-seeded team, which is ridiculous. It is stupid. But that'll probably bode well for San Francisco. Really, and when I look at the NFC right here, I don't think there's any problem with San Francisco's road at all. I think it is pretty smooth sailing. You tell San Francisco, yeah, Green Bay, and then, oh, you got the winner of Tampa Bay, Detroit. What? Tampa Bay, Detroit is a divisional playoff game? The winner of Tampa Bay, Detroit. Think about what we're talking about here. The winner of Tampa Bay, Detroit is going to face the San Francisco 49ers for the right to go to the Super Bowl. You got some thoughts on that? I don't know. Hit me with that. 702. 221-7283, 221-7283, We'll take your calls uh, this segment. And uh, you got some Lions love? You got some Tampa Bay love out there? Or are you feeling like I'm feeling with the favorites? So there was uh, ESPN, ESPN Radio yeah. in Milwaukee. Which I know very well. Which you know very well. I actually used to work for that. There was a couple. Well, actually, I take that back. No, that was a competitor. There was a couple of hosts. I don't know if it was this morning or last night. Ham and Eggers. Ham and Eggers. Okay. And asked, well, well, said, uh, the, the Packers should take the unnecessary roughness, roughing the passer quarterback on, on Purdy and just to injure him. And get him out of the game. Knowing that station uh, that you're talking about, and it's been a long time since I've been in that market, so I don't know who the hosts are. But it's kind of funny because I know some people at the other sports station that are are still in the market there at that one station. So uh, that's uh, that's not surprising. That's not surprising. That's low rent radio. That's that's low hanging fruit. That's that's ridiculous. They're they're actually yeah yeah. Conveying that, like, yeah, let's go injure a quarterback. Let's go, yeah, yeah. let's well, knock I him don't... out because, oh, we saw what happened last year when Philadelphia did it, right? Yeah, no, that's that's you don't wish that upon anybody, but I can see Ham and Ager saying that because that's their only way of winning. If people are thinking that that Green Bay is going to go in there 
and just, you know, be more physical than San Francisco and that Jordan Love is going to move the ball up and down the field. Nah, man. That's not happening. And then I know you've been running around doing Hall of Fame stuff and everything like that. Did you get a chance to watch the Tampa Bay, um, uh, Todd Todd Bowles Todd Bowles press conference the press conference today. Uh, do you have that with us? I, I have a little bit of audio from that. Yeah, a little it's bit. One, of- it's one question and his response. It's pretty priceless. It is gold. Uh, okay, so we'll we'll set the stage here. Remember Sunday's game, Tampa Bay at Detroit, and Todd Bowles at the podium. Coach, uh, looking forward towards um, Detroit. Um, the weather has been a factor in some of the playoff games, even for the most prepared teams. Uh, today, it's uh, 13 in uh, Detroit, which doesn't compare to some of the temperatures we tend to to. Any special plans to acclimate the team to not only uh, endure, but perform in those kind of frigid temperatures should you face them in Detroit? You do know we play indoors, right? They got a dome. I don't um, no, nothing planned. We're, we're indoors, and we only have to be outside for 20 seconds getting off the bus going under the thing, so we'll be okay. That's the best Todd Bowles comment I've heard. I'm usually ripping Todd that Bowles. That might be one of the best comment or questions And you could tell, ever. just listen to the audio, there's a smile on his face. Oh, there was. A He's whole, trying the whole to bust time. up. He was. Unbelievable that you get that type of question in a press conference, in the playoffs, now, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it because it could happen either way. could happen either gender, but that was a female that said that. Yeah. I don't know if she is a regular reporter. Obviously not. That you do not know that Detroit plays indoors. Now, Chuck, do me a favor. Yeah. Play that back. And... Stop it after her question. Okay. Because listen how she keeps rambling and what she says at the end of the question. Coach, uh, looking forward towards um, Detroit. Um, the weather has been a factor in some of the playoff games, even for the most prepared teams. Uh, today, it's uh, 13 in uh, Detroit, which doesn't compare to some of the temperatures we tend to talk to. Any special plans to acclimate the team to not only uh, endure, but perform in those kind of frigid temperatures should you face them in Detroit? Okay. She said, should you face them in Detroit? Nobody has a bye here. The schedule's set. You're playing the Lions and you're playing in Detroit. Which they've been playing in a dome for, (laughs) I'm going to give or take 50 years. No, not that long. I mean, you got to go back to the Silver Dome. You're going to go back until the 80s, Th- uh, eight, mid 80s. Yeah, Silver Dome. Yeah, and then you had, you know, you have you have this concoction. Do we want to hear his response again? Just yes, okay. yes. And but one more thing that I was going to say on, on that as well too is that she said, "Perform, perform." Do they pr- hold on? Do do they practice outside at least? Like, is there any reason that this is nobody's practicing ha- outside when you have a game indoors? I, I know. Okay, but right. I'm just. But what the last part cracked me up when she was saying, indoor, well, but perform in those kind of frigid temperatures. Should you face them in Detroit? Should you face them in Detroit? You are facing them. You're definitely facing them in Detroit, and perform. There's no need to perform anything because you're inside. 
You don't need to bundle up. You don't acclimate yourself. And again, I feel bad for that reporter right now. I feel bad for her. I feel bad because she's taken abuse probably from other people today and will really let her have it more than, than I am. And I'm sure when she walked out of that press conference thinking, oh, boy, what, what idiot I am. And then Todd Bowles took it easy on her. Again, Todd Bowles' response. Yes. You do know we play indoors, right? And they got a dome. I don't um, No, nothing planned. We're, we're indoors, and we only have to be outside for 20 seconds getting off the bus going under the thing, so we'll be okay. That's about accurate, about 20 seconds Yeah, you know, when you go there. But, uh, yeah, again, it's like you get, some people, when they go to press conferences, just want to hear themselves talk. She sounded genuine, like she was trying to to do the job. Sounded probably more like a news reporter, maybe wasn't a sports reporter. Because anybody who covers the Lions or the NFL on a regular basis is going to know that stuff. Or you know who that probably was? That was probably a weather person. It was probably a meteorologist with one of the Detroit stations there. Or Tampa stations, I should say. Yeah. Because that's Tampa media. Because he's in Tampa right now. Yeah. So that's where that was up. That was a non- sports media person doing that and there's nothing wrong with that you want to open up the media let them cover but again very very embarrassing situation uh for her feel bad for her and she probably could have said you know when he asked her well you know that you know we play indoors she could have said oh my bad or something like that but she was just was silent because she didn't know but that's that that's travesty all right so speaking of uh, weather, we do have a weather update uh, for you uh, in the next game on Sunday, and that is Kansas City and Buffalo. Yes, the Buffalo Bills. You know what they did today? They practiced, I, be- I believe, indoors because the weather not good today, and they made their way to the facility, so they had practice. But another storm hitting Buffalo as we speak. Don't know how it's going to look uh, on Sunday, but as of right now, uh, the Buffalo Bills are are at the facility, or they did earlier today in, in practice, but another a snowstorm. So you will have some weather elements. If it's clear, you'll at least uh, have some cold there, as we know. San Francisco will be fine. Baltimore, not so sure what that's going to be like on, on Saturday, but we can tell you 100% definitely. Clear and fast, indoors, on the carpet, in Detroit, at Ford Field, indoors, there will be a roof. So you don't have to worry about any weather there. All right, Marky Mark, Detroit. What's going on, brother? TC, how you doing, bro? You tell me, man. You feeling pretty good about your team? Oh, you bet, man. Man, I tell you what, after that last game, man, I actually got a little choked up, man, after so long just getting the monkey off the back. You know, everybody around here is going crazy. And I don't know if you've seen ticket prices. Um, Just to get into the game on – on Sunday, going to be about eight hundred bucks. Eight hundred bucks to get, in. to get in there. You're telling me Upper Deck Ford Fields eight hundred bucks? Just just to get in. <laughs> oh, the guy, man. the guy, the guy at TickPick did a, a video um, on YouTube, and he said it's the highest ever that they've ever had for a divisional game. It's actually twice as much as like the the Forty ers Packers game to get in. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, right now it's like 
the Lions are like the darlings of the world right now. So this was, everybody just can't wait to see what happens next, you know? You know, this has been brewing, as you know, for a couple of years and figured this is going to be the year that the Lions could win the NFC North, you know, which they did. Uh, they got themselves a home playoff game against the Rams. And of all the games, you know, that we had talked about, you know, five of the six were blots. The only one that wasn't was that game with the Rams and, and Detroit. I don't know, Mark, if you were worried at any point in time during that game, but, you know, kudos to Matt Stafford for trying as best he could um of, of leading this team even though he was banged up quite a bit as well too but that was one heck of a game and it was an offensive game but i'm a little concerned if i'm the lions because they just offensively couldn't get it going it wasn't so much they shut it down in the second half but man they were just pretty much you know inept and you know we didn't see a touchdown by either team in that second half yeah i mean the game was pretty much won in the first half i mean Detroit went and scored three touchdowns in the red zone, and that's what killed the Rams. They just they couldn't punch it in. And it was surprising to me because, you know, it seems like every week the Lions are giving up 150, 200 yards to their number one receiver on the other side. So, you know, this week it was Nakua. So, um, you know, but it just seemed like when they got down there, they just kind of tightened up. I don't know if it was a play calling from the Rams or what, but it just they just seemed to tighten up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, now a six-point favorite, and can you believe this? I mean, again, you've been around long enough, man, where you've seen disappointment after disappointment. Now you're kind of in the driver's seat here, and the Detroit Lions are one game away from going to the NFC Championship game and maybe two games away from going to the Super Bowl. And again, having two home games, I can only imagine how Lions fans feel about this. I mean, they got to feel giddy. But the thing about it is, man, this just isn't a courtesy run here. I mean, they have a legitimate chance of definitely going, you know, next week. They're a six and a half point favorite, and they got themselves a nice little break with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming to town. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, the first time they played Tampa was in Tampa. Um, Jameer Gibbs was out. Uh, Montgomery, I think, hurt himself in the first quarter. So basically, our running game was down to Craig Reynolds, not taking anything away from him. So we basically became one-dimensional. So Tampa was bringing the pressure. Goff really couldn't get any rhythm. And, you know, Craig Reynolds did throw the probably, I still can say, uh, you know, I still thought it was the block of the year on that uh, DB from Tampa Bay to spring uh, Amon Ross St. Brown for that uh touchdown when he caught it over the middle and then the deep shot to Jamo. that was basically the offense for for Detroit you know I mean their defense pretty much kept them in the game although Mayfield did hit missed a couple of deep throws that were really close that could have you know changed the outcome of the game but you know this you know they're at home I mean the crowd is incredible um I think it'll be a close game but I I'm I still think the Lions are going to take it I I'm going to say uh 24-20 is my pick. And, you know, I know you're a Packer fan. Wouldn't that be great if the Packers somehow could beat the Niners and you have an NFC championship game in Detroit against the Packers, two rivals? And have, have basically Thanksgiving part two. Is that what you're saying there, Mark? That's what you're saying, right? Well, you know. <laughs> Maybe I mean, a different, different result, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, what's funny is Detroit beat – Green Bay in Green Bay, Green Bay beat Detroit yeah. in Detroit. So, but I'm telling you, man, the Packers are playing really well. So, I mean, if that does happen, 
I mean, God, what a what a story that would be. But I mean, they got to get by the Forty ers first, yeah, which is I, no. I don't no see it. I don't, I, I don't see it. I don't. I just don't see it. I think San Francisco's primed. I think this is San Francisco's Super Bowl. It's their year. Uh, Green Bay is a nice story, but still, I mean, they've the fans there have been clamoring for Joe Barry to be fired. They're not crazy about their defensive coordinator. Not crazy about the defense at all. And uh, again, they faced a Cowboys team last week that either uh, was not ready for the Packers or decided just not to. Um, you know, play their normal defense. And we saw what Dan Quinn did. He played a lot of soft zone coverage. They're normally play a lot of man to man. It was just strange what they did. And then Green Bay is going to run into a buzzsaw there because San Francisco is not going to do that. And of course, San Francisco is going to watch, you know, the video from that game. And I don't know. I think Green Bay's season is over. I think that they get blown out in this game. And yeah, I would love to see Green Bay Detroit. That would be, that would be cool. But I'm, I'm looking more forward to San Francisco and Detroit. That's what I'm looking for in San Francisco. I know you won't have the home field advantage there, but to me, I mean, I, I want to see Jared Goff go and face a team that he's very familiar with. Yeah, I really, you think the Packers are going to get, I, I think it's going to be a close game. I honestly do. I think. I think the Packers are going to be able to score. I don't know how much they're going to score, but um, like it, you know, like you said, Dallas just didn't show up. Kind of like Philly really didn't show up against Tampa Bay. I mean, that was just an absolute like. I mean, Philly didn't even look like they wanted to be there. Nah, so, yes, yeah, they're sliding. They were sliding you know, backwards going into it, and and you know they got what they deserved. No, no doubt. Yeah, that it's going to be an interesting weekend. You know, I I think the Niners are going to be able to pull it out. Um, but you know, I wouldn't be shocked if Green Bay pulled it. I mean, honestly, the the way their offense is running right now, I you know, Jordan Love's looking really good. Although he didn't look good early in the year, but it was like he somehow just week seven or week eight or something like that just turned it around and his stats have been like incredible. No, so, he, I mean he has been. There there there's no question. But you know, I I still cannot get out of my brain what I saw from Jordan Love when they played the Giants going back, you know, four or five weeks ago. And when he went to New York, and again, you have a, you have a very good defensive coordinator, uh, or you did at that time, Wink Martindale, who's, who's no longer there. But I just, I look at Love and I look at this Packers offense and, and they've been banged up at the running back position. You know, Dylan's out now and now you got Jones, who's finally back. But remember all the games that he missed. I mean, he missed like six games this year. I mean, it was, it, that, that was really sad for them. But, you know, even that game where they had to to get the job done against the Bears in the final regular season game against, uh, against Chicago, they had to win to get in seventeen to nine. Okay, and then you know again yeah. they, they played the Panthers, and then the Panthers put thirty on the board, you know, against that defense. And again, this is why there's a lot of question marks with that defense. Buccaneers ran rough shot all over the Packers. Remember that game? 34 to 20. Yeah. So these things still keep coming up into my brain. And, you know, Hey, we've been doing this a long time, watching a long time. It very rarely do you have a team that has such a great performance like the Packers had last week that it comes back and they do the exact same thing again, especially against a team they're not going to catch off guard, a team that is the number one team probably in football overall in the San Francisco 49ers. I just think it, it, it comes to an end. And let's remember, Mark, this is the youngest team in football. Youngest team in football should not be beating a, a team like the San Francisco 49ers, especially against that Niners defense, that, that have basically MVPs on both sides of the ball. So... Uh, it sounds like I'm on the Niners train here, but I have been for a long, long time with this. I just think, you know, when you, you look at games, you look at matchups, you know, hey, 
This is not the the soft Dallas Cowboys that you're going to run up against this week if you're the Packers. You're going to run up against the best team in football. Yeah. Yeah, the Niners certainly got weapons all over. Um, but I, for some reason, I just feel Green Bay is going to carry a little bit of momentum into that game, thinking, you know, hey, we just run rough shot over Dallas. You know, I mean, it, it really wasn't even a close game. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think they're going to have a little, you know, a little chip on their shoulder. But I, I, I think it'll be a little closer than than uh, than people think. I mean, I know I think what Niners are favored, but what nine and a half? I think is yep. the spread now. Yep. Um, I don't know. I, I'm if I was betting on the game. I mean, I'm not betting, but I would take Packers in the points. I, I really now, would. Now, I Mark, just, it's I, it's too bad that you're in Detroit right now because you know we could have some steak tacos, you know, between us on this game. I mean, we really could, you know. And I know you'd be down for that. And and, and especially oh, yeah. with you having to make the steak tacos, that'd be extra sweet for me because I can't oh, yeah. get anybody else to make steak tacos like you make them, my friend. <laughs> Well, that's unfortunate. Well, you know, if you ever came here to Michigan, you know, I would hook you up. Oh, so. no doubt, brother. No doubt. All right, man. Hey, I appreciate the call. I appreciate you listening, my man. And uh, good luck. I am rooting for your team uh, coming up on, on Sunday against Tampa Bay. I think they take care of business, that home field advantage. And like you detailed it, you got Gibbs. You got a running game. Uh, as long as Goff doesn't uh, make any mistakes, I, I think Detroit uh, takes care of business. So looking forward to it. Yeah. I do too, man. Hey, it was great talking to you. Take care, brother. Appreciate you. All right. There he is. Marky Mark, Detroit, talking some talking some lions there. Yes. Ah, no, I really feel that way. I really feel, and, you know, we're going to be handicapping this, of course, more on Friday and throughout the rest of the week. We talked to our handicapping crew and Scott Spritzer tomorrow. Marco D'Angelo joins me on, on Friday at the Superbook at the Westgate. This is a, a 49er team. They're not going to be – you know, not showing up. Okay. Now Baltimore on the other side. Okay. I think they've got a, a friendly opponent waiting for them as well. You know, the Houston Texans, but as we've seen Baltimore, mm, we've seen them lay some eggs, especially Lamar Jackson. I think that John Harbaugh will be ready to go. All right. But I really do like the job that D'Amico Ryans has done with the Houston Texans. But you know, you know, usually a lot of the times on these first games of the weekend playoffs, go back to last weekend, you go to this weekend. A lot of times that, that first game, they're blowouts. Yeah. And they're usually that game on that Saturday window, the very first one. That's the one that is not the most intriguing matchup. So it would not surprise me that we have both favorites cover on Saturday, both laying nine, nine and a half respectively. And, uh, then you go to Sunday. I mean, who wants Tampa Bay against Detroit? I don't want Tampa Bay. And people are going to fall in love with Tampa Bay from what we saw, you know, against uh against the Eagles. Well, we we know what the Eagles are all about. And Tampa Bay's been life and death against good teams. Heck, they've been life and death against mediocre teams. Remember the regular season finale two weeks ago? Nine nothing, right? They beat the Carolina Panthers nine nothing. Now they're gonna go in Detroit. Detroit's got it going. Uh, to me. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good about all of these favorites. And then we get to Buffalo, Kansas City. Come on. Well, and Detroit's got that beautiful 72-degree weather. Yeah. I mean. Indoors. Indoors. Yeah. Yeah. I think they they actually might uh, have the thermostat set at at 70. 70. 70? Yeah. Well, I'm going to go 70. You used to go 72 back in the day. I think 72 because it's going to be colder out, so it's got to be a little bit warmer in. So, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm guessing 72. Yeah. I want to see if we can find that out. 
All right. Well, well, let's let's send our send our guy Brian Feldman. Let's, let's send that's Feldman to the game. I know Feldman went to the game last night, and uh, he can get into the cracks and the bowels of a uh, Ford Field and, and get to the thermostat. Find the thermostat and see it exactly. set to seventy. Yeah, seventy-two. I might offer a dinner up for that. Let's yeah. do it. I'll offer up some tickets for that. That's some good stuff. Ah, uh, you really want to play this, don't you? I really do because because really I think it's I think with this being said. If any late hit happens. So I, wait a minute. You're talking about Chewy said this? Chewy said oh. this. Former Packer Titan Mark Chamora, who's done radio in, in Green Bay. He was taken off the radio for a long, long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> back when I was there. Um, but, uh, he's back on the ESPN Philly in Milwaukee. Okay. Uh, this is, uh, the sports talk radio that you have going in Milwaukee. And I've always liked Mark Chamora, but, uh, I got to hear this. Gabe, I go back, and it's little things like this. And the reason we won in 95 when no one gave us a chance in San Francisco is because we intimidated them. I mean, if you – and I always revert to Wayne Simmons. Wayne Simmons kicked the crap out of Brent Jones. And then it got contagious, and then it carried over. That's why – you guys are going to think I'm crazy. Well, we already thought uh, that, so go ahead. A 15-yard penalty – and I don't condone this, but I kind of do in the playoffs. Um, <laughs> you do. You just said it, Chewy. Penalty for a late hit on Brock Purdy is not a bad thing as long as it's worth it. Wow. Well, I'm just saying, this but, is so the mindset you go time. into when it's battle. And it's it's kind of like the reverse of hockey. What don't they do in hockey in the playoffs, Joshy? Shave their beards. That and one other thing. They don't fight. They don't fight. <laughs> they don't fight. Right? This is kind of like sometimes a 15-yard penalty is worth it early in the game if you knock the living crap out of the guy. And then he kind of like sticking your helmet in the ribs of Nick Bosa is like, oh, I'm hearing ghosts. Mark Jamura, former Packers tight end. Let me tell you this, Chewy, and and I might have to get Chewy on now. I think we should. I, I might have to get him on after this. Are you kidding me? I mean, oh, my goodness gracious. Let me tell you. What the fear was. And I love that team. All right. It was Gilbert Brown. It was Sean Jones. That's what you had. All right. You had that defense. That's what you had going on there. So now let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. You're an NFL official. Yeah. You're listening to this. You kind of hear this. Chewie's got some pull with the Packers. Correct. He does. Yeah. Like, yeah. okay, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not as much as you think, but yes. No, but I'm saying he's yeah. got some sort of, yeah. you know, a little bit. If that happens and there's more than one, do you start just tossing people? Well, here's the deal. First of all, the officials now, number one, they protect the quarterback, right? But, exactly. But especially not so much because of what he said, because officials aren't listening to this, but this is going to go viral. People are, are going to hear this. You're, you're, no doubt you're right about that. How, it's already everywhere. Uh, trust me. However, however, all right, what they're really going to remember is this round last year, Eagles in Philadelphia, when the Eagles put Purdy out and Purdy didn't get a chance, you know, yeah. to play and it was over. And it was one of the most embarrassing situations for the NFL. And injuries happen. There's no question. But when you cannot finish a game without a quarterback on your roster, do you remember 
Who ended up playing quarterback for the Niners in that game? Wasn't it Jimmy? No. No, it was. No, no. It was Christian McCaffrey. Oh, that's right. It was Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Having to go CMC. wildcat. You know? Yeah. Again, they, they went to Josh Johnson, and that was a nightmare. Okay? And, and Purdy was already, you know, the, the backup. And then Josh Johnson got hurt. Yeah. Garoppolo injured. Brock Purdy. Josh Johnson. Christian, just just run. Fourth quarter, just run Wildcat. And the game was over, and it was embarrassing. One of the reasons why the Niners are so motivated for this postseason, why the Niners were motivated to go into Philadelphia, which we talked about was was the best bet going back early in the season, right? Where they destroyed Philadelphia, where it all started crumbling down for Philadelphia. And knowing that they got to keep their quarterback upright yeah, that's that's why the Niners are going to be ready, and uh, the officials are are going to remember that, and they're going to protect not only Brock Purdy, but they'll protect Jordan Love to a certain degree as well too. But man, that's again when you were talking about that clip, and just because I know that yeah. station or whatever, and it's not the most respected, and I didn't know who was on, and then when. When you're I showed play, you, he showed me, and I'm playing, and you're like, "Oh, ma, that's Mark, that's Mark Chamura. and so he actually said it. So, and that's why that will get a little credence. It was that Ham and Ager that he's with. Yeah, if it was okay, just, that goofball. If it was I just, mean, yeah, you know, you know, a TC Martin or well, excuse me, you know what I mean. No, don't you just, compare me to that guy, man. No, but what, I'm not comparing you to him. I'm saying if if it was, you know. A normal radio a, host. A, a non-football guy. A non, a non, a, a non a, well, a, even a, you've a got non, Packer. A non-player. Even you've got right. some Packer pull. Yeah. Right. You, you could get me into, you could get me into Lambo. It's not so much about that, but it's somebody who covers the games yeah. and been with the team and that sort of thing. Okay. Uh, that guy who is his partner on that, on that situation, Chimura is the player. He's the, you know, the analyst, so to speak, or whatever. So, you know, Chimura saying it, you know, there's some players in there saying, you know, he's, he's kind of right. I get that. But you just can't come out and say it. You just can't come out and say it because that, that's a bad look. Yeah. All right. We come back. We will uh, talk about the Raiders situation. All right. We got an update with that. GM update. Head coaching update. Next hour, Chris Matthews is going to join us uh, from News 8 now. All right. Like, like, now. Not, not yesterday. Now. Not later. Now. News 8 now. Now. Chris Matthews will join us. And then uh, John Murray will join us from the Westgate. We'll get an update how everything shook out uh, in the wild card round. And we get ready for the divisional round. So John Murray, the fine executive director, a good friend over at the Superbook. He'll join us next hour. But we come back. Let's talk some NFL some Raiders. The Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame induction celebration is back Sunday, February 4th at the brand new venue at Thunder Valley Casino Resort. Join us as we induct the class of 2024. NBA champion Matt Barnes, all-star James Donaldson, Major League Baseball's Nick Johnson and Leon Lee, and world champion triathlete Jamie Whitmore. Get your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. For all info, go to SacSportsHOF.com. Hi, this is Dusty Baker, proud member of the Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame. You have to be there to see it at Thunder Valley Casino. T.C. Martin. I'm ready to go in, Coach. Just give me a chance. The doctor is now in, in, in. Don't forget to 
Join us Friday at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the world-famous Superbook. Non-smoking, feeling so good. You know I love the Westgate and the Superbook. Yeah, come on by Friday. Mike Tice will join us, the former head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, former tight end as well. So uh, he comes by, he'll join us, he'll participate in the Best Bet segment as well with myself, Marco D'Angelo. Jay Cornegay, of course, will be joining us uh, as well. Remember a little bit later on today, John Murray, the executive director of the Superbook, joins us and we talk uh, the latest lines and see a little bit of movement already here, even though we're in the middle of the week right now. Looking forward to the divisional round. Two games Saturday and two games on Sunday. But yes, at the Westgate Las Vegas, our Friday home each and every Friday and, of course, on special occasions as well, like last Monday for the uh, the Monday games. We enjoy ourselves there and appreciate our good friends at the Westgate. No better place to watch the games at the Westgate. Speaking of which... Don't forget, uh, tickets are going on sale now for March Madness. All right. The hoops extravaganza and inside the international theater. So, uh, we'll be, uh, giving away tickets for that as we get closer to March Madness and also the Super Bowl extravaganza, the big game party, which will take place at the Westgate inside the international theater. So tickets on sale for that, uh, with great food. Options, the 4K video wall, uh, great places uh, to watch inside the Westgate there, specifically in the International Theater for Sunday football, and now, of course, for the Super Bowl and March Madness uh, also. And then, of course, you got the Superbook, which uh, we love watching games in there as well, too. So get over to the Westgate, our good friends, our proud partners of the show, and our, our Friday home, 2 to 4 p.m. each and every Friday, best bets in Mo. All right. So, uh, let's get an update with the Raiders. No official news has broke yet, but we are on the clock and the watch here for the Raiders uh, naming a new general manager and head coach. So, let's keep everybody up to date what has been transpired here up until this point. All right? So, talking with sources and everything, here we go. Raiders have completed their GM inter- interviews and now are in the process of coaching interviews. Now they've actually done a couple coaches interviews already, but let's just stick with the GM portion here right now. So as we know, Champ Kelly is the interim GM. All right. Champ Kelly, remember, was Dave Ziegler's assistant. All right. Dave Ziegler obviously was let go with Josh McDaniels midseason. Champ Kelly has hung around. Um, but I think it's very important to remember that Champ Kelly was a Dave Ziegler guy. Champ Kelly wants to be the general manager of this team. There were reports that he was going to be interviewing for um, other GM vacancies uh, as well. But the interesting part about this is that Champ Kelly has been sitting in the coaches' interviews as well here, too. So... um. He had to re-interview for the GM position. He did. Ed Dodds, the assistant general manager for the Indianapolis Colts, he has interviewed. Now, Dodds was a finalist to Ziegler last time around, and Mark Davis was swayed to go the Patriot way and hire Dave Ziegler, but Dodds was uh, more than likely the runner-up. That's what many people believe. So Ed Dodds, assistant GM, uh, currently for the Colts, has Raider ties as well. Not only did he interview last time around, going back two years ago, 
but he was with the Raiders from 2003 in 2006. The other candidates to be interviewed were Terrence Gray. He's a director of player personnel for the Buffalo Bills. All right. Um, not much you're really experienced there when you're talking about general manager duties, but director of player personnel. And of course, Buffalo, as we know, drafting Josh Allen and, you know, James Cook, the fine running back they got there. Uh, Buffalo has, has got great personnel. So, uh, Terrence Gray interviewed. Tom Telasco, he was the former general manager of the Chargers. He interviewed. Now, this is the only candidate that is a former general manager, which I think is important. We're always talking about, you know, from a coaching standpoint, be careful. You're going to interview a coordinator, position coach. You want guys that have been head coaches before. Well, the same type of thing with a general manager. General manager duties are totally different than a director of player personnel or just as an executive director or an assistant to the GM or assistant to the president, you know, or a guy that, you know, maybe be a, maybe a face of the franchise just doesn't have the experience totally different. So I think that's interesting. And again, I don't know any of these gentlemen personally. I don't know how Tom Telasco interviews, but he would have my attention just by being the former general manager of an NFL football team and, and the Chargers. Trey Brown was a uh, has been a uh, Cincinnati Bengals senior executive. Um, I remember that uh, he interviewed last time around as well, too. And then you have Kelly Klein Van uh, uh, Galligan, a Denver Broncos uh, executive director of player of football operations. Long title there, long name there as well, too. So those are the candidates. I think the general belief around the facility or general belief around here in Las Vegas and people that cover, you know, the Raiders on a regular basis think that Champ Kelly probably has the inside, you know, shot here, especially having him go through these interviews. And that, that's a big thing because if you truly have an opening for the general manager and the head coach, all right. It's always interesting which one you're going to do first. You're going to get the GM first. You're going to get the head coach first. And this is deja vu, isn't it? I mean, two years ago, we went through this exact same thing, exact same type of conversations with a lot of the exact same people. Their names are mentioned, you know, here in this conversation for general manager vacancies and head coaching vacancies. So Dodds, I think, is, is, is legitimate. You really have to look at him. And as far as Champ Kelly goes, I know he wants this job. And you could say, okay, he's done everything that was pretty much asked of him. You, you got to look at other candidates as well, too. You have to. So, and again, how much power is Champ Kelly going to have? I think this is interesting, too. Here's another component here. Mark Davis had said, also, that he is open to hiring a president of football operations to oversee the general manager, which the Raiders have not had. And that's big. You know, it's basically been Mark Davis, been your president. Now, your president, you know, Sanders Douglas Morgan, she does not handle the football ops. I mean, that's more corporate stuff. That's more face of the franchise, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, NFL business ventures, not football op stuff. 
So I think that's interesting. And the Raiders have not had that position for a long, long time. So Mark Davis considering that. And then that way, you know, because right now, who's the guy that, that fires a general manager? It's Mark Davis. And maybe you do need someone that can oversee the general manager who is a president of football operations. That's what most teams have. So those are the candidates for the GM job. All right. And again, with the GM, it's important. He's got to be able to know to draft. But again, you have to have a lot of good personnel around you. Now, from the coaching aspect, Antonio Pierce interviewed Monday. So he re-interviewed basically for the position. All right. Leslie Frazier had an interview. The defensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills done a fantastic job. Remember, Leslie Frazier was also a head coach with the Vikings. He was the DC in Minnesota for many, many years. And then that led to them hiring him. It did not work out well. All right. When you look at Leslie Frazier as a head coach, to me, he's not that appealing. He really isn't. Chris Richard got interviewed as well, too. He's the assistant head coach with the Seattle Seahawks underneath Pete Carroll. All right. So what has happened now is that the Rooney rule has been satisfied. So technically, the Raiders can hire their coach at any point in time right now. Remember the Rooney rule. You must at least interview two minority candidates. And um, the Raiders have done that, all right? They've done that with Leslie Frazier. They've done that with Antonio Pierce. Here's my thing, though, when you look at the, the this coaching vacancy. If you're going to hire Antonio Pierce, I think you would do it immediately, right? If he is the front runner, like many people think. But if you're Mark Davis, you have to have those conversations with viable, experienced head coaches that are available. There may never be another time when you have the experienced coaches that are out there right now. Jim Harbaugh, okay? That is a conversation that needs to be had. Now, I'm sure that Mark has has reached out to Jim, and they've either had a conversation, they've had something planned. Heck, they could be having an interview today, as far as we know, all right? But you have to entertain that. Pete Carroll is another one. Pete Carroll, now that we've had a week to digest everything and see what is happening in Seattle, we're seeing this is, it it seems more like Pete Carroll was forced out of Seattle. They're going to give him an advisory role. And Pete even said himself the day after the season ended, you know, that he said, okay, I'm, I'm stepping down here in Seattle, but I'm not sure what this role looks like, but we'll, we'll figure it out. But if somebody's going to come calling and it's a inviting situation, better personnel wise than he had in Seattle, Pete said he still got the, the fire to do this. Age isn't the factor. Not like Nick Saban in Alabama. Nick said, no, age was definitely a factor. That's not the situation with Pete Carroll. So you, even though Pete Carroll's name is not really being mentioned and being interviewed, but there's a vacancy, and I'm sure Pete's going to answer that phone. He's going to say, yeah, I'm interested, or no, I'm not. Mike Vrabel is a guy that's definitely interested. All right, Mike Vrabel was let go by the Tennessee Titans right after the regular season ended. A lot of people were kind of shocked about that, including myself. Mike Vrabel's had a winning, co- as, winning record as a head coach. And he's a defensive guy. So that's something you got to think about. And then the big one, 
Bill Belichick. Not saying that Mark Davis would go there, but remember, Tom Brady's in the Raiders camp here now, all right? He's vying to be in you know, putting together the appropriate paperwork to the NFL to be a minority owner. He's already a minority owner of the Las Vegas Aces. So that's coming. Brady's going to be an owner of the Raiders very, very soon. So you know that Harbaugh and Brady are close. You understand that, obviously, Belichick and Brady in that relationship, it's worth Mark Davis to at least have that conversation. Now, I don't want to hear, oh, the Patriot way, you know, that you went Ziegler, you went Joshua McDaniels. That, that's not the Patriot way. The Patriot way is Bill Belichick. All right. And that's just not just the Patriot way. That's Hall of Fame way. That's six Super Bowls way. Bill Belichick, you know? So you have to at least entertain that. All right. On the coaching front. The candidate, the committee that, that Mark Davis has assembled, Richard Seymour, former NFL player, great player. As we know, Richard Seymour, he's, uh, was with the Raiders from 2009, 2012. Sandra Douglas Morgan, we talked about her, the team president. She's on the committee that's going through these interviews. Tom Delaney, the director of football administration, has been with Mark Davis and the Raiders a long time, so he's sitting in these interviews as well. Larry Delson, our good friend, he's a board member of the Raiders, also very involved with the Mark and, and the Aces. And uh, Ken Her- uh, Herock, who is an advisor. Now, many believe that it was Herock that was the guy that was really pushing for Josh McDaniels. Don't know that to be 100% true, but that's you know what we heard here. All right, but uh, the viable candidates. Are Antonio Pierce had his interview, but Antonio Pierce has also interviewed for other head coaching jobs. All right. He went through a virtual interview with the Tennessee Titans going back last week and then had an interview with the Atlanta Falcons. So there is interest there, not just from the Raiders side, but the Falcons have interest and the Tennessee Titans have interest. So If Mark Davis is saying that Antonio Pierce is the guy, you would think that we would hear that sooner than later because you know Antonio Pierce doesn't want to be held up here. I mean, hey, he's probably saying, this is what he's probably saying, is saying, uh, if you're going to appoint me, let me know because uh, if these other two jobs are offered, you know, I'm taking them. So there's a little competition for Antonio Pierce. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's okay. But you have to wait this thing out if you're Mark Davis. Is Jim Harbaugh interested in the Raiders? Is that a direction that you want to go along with Pete Carroll and Mike Vrabel? Now, as far as Jim Harbaugh goes, uh, he has had two interviews now already. He interviewed with the Chargers. He interviewed with the Falcons. So Harbaugh has put himself out there. People in the University of Michigan, they know that. They know more than likely they got to start looking for a head coach. But remember, Harbaugh has done this before, last couple of seasons, where he's flirted with this opportunity and then came back and said, you know what? I'm going to stay at Michigan, but this is different. He accomplished his ultimate goal. He won a national championship with the Michigan Wolverines. His alma mater, check the box, he's done it. He was suspended for six games. Embarrassing that he was that he had to go through that. He's embarrassed for that. And it's a great time for him to exit college football. 
Michigan would be totally fine with that, you believe. They get a fresh start. And then any potential sanctions that may be hovering over that program for next season may go away if Harbaugh leaves Michigan in college football and takes an NFL job. So this is the perfect time for Jim Harbaugh. And it's really the perfect time for the Chargers, for Atlanta, for Tennessee, for the Raiders, anybody that had head coaching openings to have some conversations. Now, on the other coach watch, you've got the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. They officially do not have openings, but you got to believe that the rumblings are going around the building right there. Then Mike McCarthy's time in Dallas could definitely be gone. And the same could be said for Nick Sirianni, the way he collapsed. Again, no head coaching experience uh, Sirianni before this stint with Philadelphia. And Philly's going to make a, a, a change sooner than later. And if Philly comes back with Sirianni next year, this season doesn't start out right, he's gone. You got to believe that, right? But it's it's an interesting head coaching crop that is out there right now, led by Jim Harbaugh and Bill Belichick. Obviously, connect the dots. You're going to say, okay, Bill Belichick could end up with the Dallas Cowboys. Wow. How would that work out uh, in the distribution of power from Jerry Jones to Belichick? But you could see that Jerry Jones is kind of leaning towards having a defensive coach, and there isn't one better there than Bill Belichick. And then you got Mike Vrabel as well, too. And Jim Harbaugh, he's known for that as well. So uh, tough stuff there, tough calls. So we'll see how all this plays out. But um, we could be having a decision with the Raiders within the next 48 hours. Would not surprise me at all. But the big question for me is, are you having that meeting? Are you having that conversation, Mark Davis, with Jim Harbaugh? We will see. All right, we come back. Chris Matthews will join us. John Murray will join us. We'll start talking about these matchups, and uh, we'll talk more Raiders, Las Vegas, and also shout-out to the UNLV Runner Rebels. Victorious last night over Boise State, coming off of that debacle, that horrendous refereeing job done Saturday afternoon at the Thomas and Mack Center by that crew where UNLV lost to Utah State. Will UNLV bounce back with a big victory over Boise State? We'll talk about that next hour as well, right here. Wow, Wednesday. We'll be right back. 